0: Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 4 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass?
1: Well, I'm doing it very well. I've been looking forward to chatting with you about beer all day.
0: Oh, um, good.
1: You know, out running adult errands and going grocery shopping and... And uh, got dinner done. I'm freshly showered, ready, to, ready for the show. Nice. right? Yeah. I smell lovely yeah. and um, I'm, you know, drinking some good beer. I'm, uh, I'm having a beer out of, you know, my Ooh. cool frost buddy. Look at that right? nice
0: one. Very nice. And
1: I figured what, what better way to enjoy uh, a beer on the show with, in, in a frost buddy. I am drinking a uh, live stream lager.
0: Well, Again, perfect.
1: <laughs> appropriate beer. This is from Corporate Ladder. Uh, appropriate beer for for what we get to do. And this is uh, according to them, it is a tropical light lager. This one's clocking in at 3.4%, so super easy to drink. Um because when we start, I got a couple more beers in my little mini fridge over there that so let's, uh we'll start out a little light and work our way up. But uh other than that, what about you? How's your day going? What's in your glass, and anything else you might want to add?
0: Well, it's going well, and uh, it is Labor Day, so it is Monday, and and you know I had the day off. You have the day off today, Chris, as well.
1: I, I always have Mondays off, which is nice. Okay,
0: okay, but uh, yeah, we get we went to uh, we, we went to Pocatello this weekend and spent some time with Haley and uh, had a nice time there. Also, of course, I'll be talking about. Uh, uh, a beer I had from Jim Dandy that I really enjoyed as well. And I'm, and I'm drinking a Jim Dandy beer right now. I brought back some Ooh. of this ambitious, ambitious blonde. blonde. And this is one of their flagship beers. Nice 16 ounce can. And I, I got a few beers for you, Chris, that I'll be sending your way. Really? Thank uh, you. I'm going to collect a few more. There, there weren't as many as I was hoping in the, in the, the 16 ounce package. So I've got three beers. I'll send your way. From jim dandy and i'll see if i can find some of those ones you've been eyeing in here in boise and send them in in a package as well uh but yeah i'm drinking this uh, ambitious blonde uh, something light because i mentioned before we started recording that man it has been one hot summer (laughs) in the boise area and it's going to be you know tomorrow and the next day is going to be you know 105 106 degrees again and We've had a lot of over a hundred days in the in the Boise area this year, and and now the smoke has hit us with all the fires going on around us, and mm. uh, it makes for kind of a you know drag for the end of the summer, right? With the yeah. with the smoke and stuff. But hey, I'm doing good because I'm going to talk beer. We're going we're going to talk about some uh, of our favorite breweries, which I always enjoy. But Chris, before we get too far into that great topic we have tonight. Uh, I always want to let anyone new listening to Tap to Craft Podcast know what we're all about. We are an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey and adventures. And you listen to episode 212, and we're recording on Monday, September 5th, 2022. And yes, we are live on Facebook and on Twitter. And if you'd like to join us while we record this show live, you can do that. Uh, every Monday prior to the Thursday release, so just join us at eight thirty eastern time uh, and it doesn't come for the whole time just come in and drop say hi uh you know we always we always love having our listeners uh join us and, and interact with us as we record and of course uh oh wait did i i didn't say what the topics were okay now that we can, you can watch us live <laughs> and and now you can also hear about what we're going to talk about tonight, which is our favorite breweries beginning with the letter H. Man, we're just chugging right along these these breweries, but now you know, it's, it's time our first
1: for- episode. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, first
0: first first time doing this. Uh, so yeah, letter H, which. Uh, will be fun. We'll be, I'm curious to see what uh, Chris has brought to the table with his H Breweries, as well as doing a Tasting note segment with the Chimay Red Premier Belgian Double L. So if you have one of those, uh, go ahead and get ready to pop that open, because we'll be drinking that shortly, as well as some great conversation Chris and I will have along the way. And Chris and I would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters, because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, Bill Schlemmer, Amanda, and Kevin Argauer, Mark Reedy, Mike Blanchard, Tara Carlson, and Jim Kutzel, who are our virtual producers. And Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Chad LaMassa, Mark Church, Eric Groundley, and Matt Knight, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer, even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreontalkcom slash tap the craft. Ooh, That's a lot to say yeah, right all there. that out. Yeah. yeah. You. Um, hey, guess what? We had some uh, interaction on our email from Mr. Matt Knight, one of our listeners in the New York area, the Rochester. Of course, now I say that Rochester. Yeah. Rochester, New York, yeah. I believe is where he's at. Uh, so Matt Knight sent us an email with a link to an upcoming video game simulator called Brewmaster beer brewing simulator. Releasing on the PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch on September 29th. So at the end of this month, you could, uh, if you enjoy, you know, simulating being a a brewmaster and brewing your own beers, you could do that. Here's what what the uh, site had to say. It said that discover, learn, and master the art of home brewing in the ultimate celebration of craft beer. From perfecting authentic chemistry-driven brewing techniques to naming, bottling, and labeling. Uh, refine your craft to become the ultimate brewmaster in the first ever realistic beer brewing experience, with all the tricks of the trade and the best equipment at your disposal. Follow a recipe or experiment with a huge variety of real-world ingredients to hone your skills. Enter friendly competitions, earn beer tokens, and upgrade your equipment to become an even better brewer. And he can it says you can choose to experience the story-led Brewmaster mode or. Just throw yourself into the creative mode, which is a sandbox with everything unlocked. Oh, nice! Yeah, so that's uh, thanks, Matt, for bringing that to our attention. And uh, I'll have a link to this uh, to this site if you want to go and check it out more and find out uh, uh, more about it. But I don't, I don't know what the price is. But hey, it works on everything. So if, if you're interested, you might check it out.
1: Danny, I, I uh, it made me think of something because yeah. he's talking about. Virtually brewing. I I got some brewing equipment today. For I thought me, you I'm,
0: sold all your brewing equipment.
1: Listen, I did one even better. The majority <laughs> of it I gave away. Oh, okay. Yeah, you gave it away. Okay. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I gave it away for somebody else to you know get some use out of it. Yeah. I, I grabbed a couple of little um, you know, small vessels to try to make some mead. Oh, uh,
0: okay. Nice. So
1: I got two two little one gallon uh fermenters. That came in the came from Amazon today with a you know I got some yeast nutrients and got a couple packs of yeast in there and some airlocks and all the stuff I'm going to need. Um, so I figured what a great time to put it all together. Uh, we've got a couple of produce places around us that we can grab some you know good fruits good. and stuff from and mm-hmm. some good uh, some good local honey and we'll see what turns out.
0: Okay, so what prompted you to try I mean, have you been trying mead and you guys enjoy it so you want to go ahead and make your own or what what prompted this uh TikTok endeavor? TikTok <laughs> it prompted TikTok.
1: it. Yeah, I, I was uh just scrolling through aimlessly as you know I do occasionally. Um and I saw this guy, he was like, "Oh, so you want to make mead this weekend, but you don't have any equipment. Well, oh. Here's what you're going to need." And I'm like, "All right, I'm listening." And and to me, mead is one of those things that's, it's not as involved as beer. Right. And especially if I'm making, you know, one gallon batch and yeah. I don't have to lug these giant buckets around and, you know, keep them in a temperature controlled vessel and all that stuff. Um, and I started watching his content and then I started bouncing around to other people's content about making mead. And I'm going, okay, yeah, let's give it a whirl let's see what we can come <laughs> up with. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we have, uh, um, there's a place about 25 minutes from us called Keel and Curly Farms and Winery. And they make some really good just fruit wines, blueberry, strawberry, that kind of thing. Um, and I was like, well, let's give it a whirl. Let's uh, you know, if I absolutely hate it or end up making something and, you know, brew a bunch of batches of it and then stop using it, well, then somebody else can use it.
0: That's right. That's right. But well, yeah, good. Just, I, just I look forward to hearing
1: how it is. Uh, I'm, I am, too, because I'm going to put a, uh, two batches together before I leave for Vegas in a couple of days so it can ferment while I'm gone. And, uh, you know, we can can uh, rack it into some other containers and just let it sit in some secondary fermenters for a few weeks
0: and see how it turns out. All right. Excellent. Excellent. OK, well, we also had a voicemail, Chris. did you, you get that email from me. I did. I'm ready to go. All Just right. tell me when. So Matt Knight not only is leaving us emails, he also left us a voicemail. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and cue up Matt's voicemail? As
1: I'm sitting here having a toppling Goliath um, Oktoberfest logger, as I'm sitting here recording live with the Snack Network. Mm. Say hi, guys. <laughs> I put my headphones up to that. I don't know if it'll work. <laughs> Several beverages in. Just want to say, uh, Chris and Denny, enjoy the show. This is a fantastic beer. It's nice and malty, nice and smooth, nice and sweet. It's even a lot better before the first taste I took straight from the can before I realized it was an unfiltered beer like a complete dumbass. So (laughs) enjoy the show, guys. First time, long time. I'll just hang up and listen to your answer. Thank you. Bye. All
0: right. Well, I didn't know there was a question. Did you hear a question in there, Chris?
1: Well, I was a little concerned because (laughs) I – I was doing. I was moving a couple of windows around, and he goes, "I'll wait for your answer." And I went, "Shit, was we? What question am I supposed to answer?"
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I think uh, either either something didn't get uh, recorded at the very beginning of it, or maybe he forgot to ask the question. But he was talking about Oktoberfest, so I'm assuming he had a question about Oktoberfest. It is that time of the year when the Oktoberfest beers are coming out. I have drank a couple of them already. I haven't. Logged them on untapped because I've already had these before. I drank a six-pack of uh, Sockeyes Socktoberfest beer. Mm-hmm. That's their play on the Oktoberfest, which is a very good beer. And uh, I, I enjoyed that one. I also had another Martzen, which I can't remember up, off the top of my head what it was. But, yeah, it is Martzen season. I love I love drinking Oktoberfest beers, Fest beers, Martzen beers. Um, I, 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 I do enjoy... Getting away from the hops, you know. I, every year I say that I'm not going to drink as many IPAs, and I think this year, <laughs> if I record how many IPAs I've logged in and untapped, not even the ones. I mean, whether I logged and untapped is one thing, but the ones I'm drinking outside of that, that it's crazy. I've been drinking a lot of IPAs, but uh, now it's time to kind of mellow out, right? Get kind of dip down into some of those more maltier, more warm, uh, uh, enjoyable beers that. Uh, that that welcome you into w- fall and winter. winter
1: yeah i would definitely agree uh, it's actually one of the beers on my new and noteworthy is, oh. a, uh, is an october that i do believe well according to untapped i haven't had it before but i, I i'm pretty sure i have but I
0: whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. they maybe may remove
1: may remove
0: they may have they may have yeah so and and i haven't had the toppling goliath uh Octoberfest. So we do get Topping Goliath here in, in Boise. So if they do bring it in, I think I might grab that and try it. Sound sound pretty good from what you described. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Matt, for your voicemail. And if you want to be like Matt, you can leave us a voicemail by calling 208-536-3359. Or if it's easier for you, remember 208-53-ODDLY. And just uh, just say hi. Uh, tell us what you're drinking, uh, ask us a question, whatever you want to do, what you're welcome to, uh, to do that and join us on the air. Or you can always imply that there was a question and not yeah, ask one yeah. too. That's true. I mean, That's it true. Works. <laughs> it, it works. It works. And if you don't want to leave a voicemail, don't worry. You could also be like Matt and leave and just send us an email uh, at taptocraft at gmail.com or, if you want to hit us up on social media, we can be found on Twitter and Instagram at TapTheCraft. And of course, we have our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash TapTheCraft. And don't forget, we do have a website at TapTheCraft.com as well. Okay, we just a, just a general reminder, we do have our third Frost Buddy contest going on right now to enter all you need to do is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you're at. If they have a way of rating podcasts, just go into our podcast, rate us hopefully a five-cap rating, take a screenshot or a photo or whatever of that rating, and email it to us at taptocraft.gmail.com, and you'll be entered for the next contest. And you can do that as many times as you have different apps. Uh, we haven't got any entries for this yet. I, I, I We're giving you lots of time to do it. Don't wait till the last minute. Come on. Give me, Come on, guys. Just just send us some screenshots. Let us enter you into that contest. So, okay, that's all for that. And, of course, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it is time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped.
1: Something tells me this could be an extensive list since it's you know mm-hmm. Labor Day and all, but we will see. Excuse me, we will see what uh, comes up on this list. So, remember, if you want us to read your check-ins on our show, make sure you follow me on Untapped at McK one three four five, and if you check into beers approximately twenty four hours before we record, which is every other Monday at eight thirty Eastern Time. 8.30 PM Eastern time. Um, and we'll read your check-ins, uh, on our show starting with Mr. Craig Andrew here in the Tampa area. He is drinking a killing time by woven water brewer, uh, woven water brewing. If you guys are in the area or come in the area, go check them out. Okay. They have phenomenal beers. Um, said key lime, almond, and cream of coconut Four quarter four and a quarter rating for that beer. He's also drinking a little bit of stuff from Seventh Sun called Kitty Likes the Milk. Ooh, <laughs> nice, oh boy, <laughs> nice coffee flavor, light, sweet, not bad. Four cap rating for that one. Um, he's getting into a couple of things over at the Dunedin House of Beer. So, like I said, we've got a a handful in here so we can't get to every single one of them uh jc is drinking a hops on one leg by middle james brewing company uh four cap rating for that one no no notes to go along with it um scrolling on up mr eric Gronley drinking a shine on by black stack brewing at the uh, Gronley headquarters. He said, really juicy, great, hazy IPA. Happy Monday, everyone. Four and a quarter cap rating from Eric. Um, Moving on the list, Brian G. is drinking a Controlled Chaos by Surly Brewing Company. He said, this has become one of my favorite go-to West Coast IPAs. Piney, citrusy, resinous. I love it. Four cap rating from Brian for that beer. Um, let's see. John WC is drinking a forest critters by masthead brewing company. Those guys are up in Maine, uh, pulpy orange citrus and a nice grassy hop haze burn. Matt said, I don't know what the question was. I was drinking multiple beers in a short period of time for a live <laughs> show on YouTube. <laughs> hey, we've all been there, so we won't hold it against you, buddy, but hey, thanks for responding to the message and thank you for leaving us a voice. Yeah. Drunk um, males are
0: welcome. That's okay.
1: Listen, actually, s- extremely encouraged. Those, those end up being the best anyway. Uh, but four-cap rating from John on the Forest Critters from Masthead. I didn't even have to look at who this was. It, I could tell from just the picture that came along with it. Jeff Seiler is drinking a Spaten Oktoberfest. Spaten, 20, yes. 22. Uh, Delicious Martzen, malty, bready, and crushable. One of the best Oktoberfest beers I've had. Now I need a soft pretzel and some beer cheese. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, Matt said we we were having fun. The guys on the show loved it. Good. That's all we can ask. Because <laughs> if you're not having fun, then don't do it. Uh, four cap rating from Jeff on the Spaten Oktoberfest, and you know, taking the picture overlooking the woods, which is how I knew who it was. Um, Bill Schlemmer is drinking a Michigander by Barrel and Beam. Good sour, pleasantly tart with a little bit of lemon and a little bit of funk. Four cap rating for him on that beer. Um, checking into a uh, Dunkle by Bent Paddle Brewing Company is Mr. Eric Gronley again. Deep richness, chocolatey, and toasted bread crust. Just a damn fine beer. Uh, four cap rating for him. I'm seeing a trend. A lot of four caps in here today. Oh, even better. Um, Cheers, Matt. He said he's getting back to uh, playing some games with the missus. So he said he'll catch the audio version when we release on Thursday. (laughs) Um, John W.C. This is a coincidence. John W.C. is drinking an Oktoberfest by toppling Goliath brewery. Mm. Nice. Uh, Nice, toasty and biscuity and easy drinking. Guess how many caps, Denny? Guess. Four. Guess. Four. Four Four. (laughs) (laughs) caps on the uh, toppling Goliath Oktoberfest. Continuing his check-in streak, Mr. Chad LaMassa is drinking a peanut butter and jelly squeeze by Prairie Artisan Ales. It's absolutely a liquid PB&J. The peanut butter is strong in the aroma. The taste is a berry bonanza. Nice word, Chad. Uh, Mixed nicely with the peanut butter. Just a bit of tartness. Very well done. Five cap rating for that. Beer from Mr. Chad LaMassa, and I toasted it, too. Um, always a classic one on this. Jeff Seiler drinking a Gumball Head by Three Floyds Brewing. My absolute favorite wheat beer, he says. So glad Three Floyds is now only a short drive away. Knoxville road trip. That's hey. Short is a relative term, I suppose. <laughs> uh, four and a quarter caps for that one. David Makazuki is drinking a pale ale by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company at the Giuseppe's Restaurante. Uh, three and a half caps for that beer. And always a good solid choice in my book. Uh, let's see. Scrolling up the list. John W.C., you've been doing a lot of drinking over the past couple of days. Oktoberfest by Masthead. Through My Lens Grape PB&J by Hightower and Phantasmal Bliss by Masthead. So he's been doing a little drinking today. Uh, Barktoberfest by Thirsty Dog. That's a good one. Um, William Lake is drinking a Kolsch by Alaskan Brewing Company at the Vancouver Harbor. Vancouver Harbor. Uh, no notes or cap rating for that one. Mr. Buck Buchanan uh for four brewing. Nice. Uh, uh is drinking an Air Boss by Crossed Cannons Brewery at Crossed Cannons Brewery. Uh two thumbs up was what he gave for notes and a four cap rating. Uh let's see. Who else do we have in here? Matt Knight speaking of which is drinking an Oaktoberfest by Firestone Walker oh, that's a good Brewing one. Yeah. company. Playing some wingspan with the wife mm. and enjoying a tasty beer. That was 20 minutes ago.
0: So, so yeah so it's a so um we've also been playing wingspan um the board game oh okay yeah uh, and i got it because i do like um oh gosh i forgot the guy the uh started my no shoot i forgot the the distributor the the board game company but um but i like their games i thought oh it's just we like birds and so we got mm-hmm. it and it, it's highly rated. And I thought it was gonna be kind of an easy game to like to learn. Um Ooh. and then a friend of ours said, Oh, we, we were gonna play with her, and she said, wait, we'll come over to my place and we'll play it. So we came over to her place to play it. And the reason why she wanted to come over to her place, she brought two friends that knew the game very well till so they could help ah. us with the instructions the first time. And uh, I'll tell you what, it is more, way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. But once you get used to it, it's not, it's not too bad. But it, that's a fun game. I, I enjoyed it. Wingspan. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a two uh, thumbs up from the uh, Tap to Craft board game. All right, from <laughs> the board game <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah, the board game. Uh, section. Like,
1: Stone Meyer. Stone games. Meyer. That's
0: that right? Stone I knew it was S S M. Yeah, Stone Yeah, they make some good games. I Century Golem Edition is one we we really like to play as well. Okay, sorry to get sidetracked with. Board That's games. okay. Hey, we're we're good with.
1: As long as I have my notes, I'm I can get back on track pretty quickly. Um, let's see. John W. C. is drinking a Vienna Lager by Wolf's Ridge Brewing. Brew, mm, mm-hmm. Wolf's Ridge Brewing. I wanted to say brewery. Uh, big toasted crisp rye wheat cracker with a lingering iced tea. As he said as, as a question, lingering iced tea, uh, the color looks red ish as far as the picture goes, um, it could be iced tea in a glass, just looks like it has carbonation in it, um, but four cap rating on that one, and i'm going to refresh and that's what everybody's drinking oh
0: today. okay, not bad, not bad it wasn't too I thought it was going to be a lot longer, but it looks like people were uh, busy barbecuing and camping and and getting home from their, uh, yeah. their weekend instead of, yeah. uh, instead of drinking. All right. Well, I, I always enjoy the, unta- I, um, there, there was, uh, on a trip to and from Pocatello. Um, I listened, Sarah and I listened to the last three ep- episodes of, of our show. And she always loves the, uh, untapped, ver- uh, f- section also, because she likes hearing what other people are drinking. Mm-hmm. And then she's always going, Ooh, that sounds really good. So it's, kind of i think i I imagine that's the same thing that our listeners are also saying is they they find beers that intrigue them because of the uh of the names and and some of the descriptions we give so yeah just no it's
1: it gets me too it's uh oh man that that one sounds good i'd love to get a (laughs) hold
0: of that one (laughs) that's right that's right okay chris hey um it's time for our tasting note segment are you ready for that or you want to I just gotta go over there and go get the beer okay. and open it. All right. I'm gonna get my beer out too. So we're gonna be doing our tasting notes segment on the Chimay Premier Double, ooh, I'm burping, Double Style Abiel. And the reason I'm burping is I just downed this 16 ounce beer in you know in about 15 minutes or whatever, maybe 20 minutes. Hmm. Okay, you know. I wasn't as prepared as I normally am. Normally, I'll 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 write up a little description of this beer and <laughs> some history behind it. But we know what we've already talked enough about about Belgian ales in the last uh, several months, and yeah. uh, and we've mentioned Chimay in our uh, Abbey Ale uh, segment, or actually not segment but episode that was wait i mean a while back i i, I can't remember which one <laughs> but uh but yeah we're gonna be tasting this beer here it is the right one right chris you got the Chimay premiere yes yes we've got the right beer
1: <laughs> we did it this time
0: <laughs> and this is a double style l it comes in at 7% seven percent alcohol wow this is bigger than i thought it was gonna be that's what she said Yes, Sorry. and she she was right. This is big.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> it does come in eleven point two ounce bottle, which is three hundred and thirty three um, milliliters. <laughs> I had to think for a second. <laughs> wow, twelve ounces. Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, just to let you guys know, um, it is the you know holiday weekend, and I was partaking in beers before we start recording. So um, without me, this is this is. Going on a, a few beers now, okay. And, th- and adding a seven percent beer to this, uh, to this, uh, you know, nice weekend, uh, will be fun, yeah. By the end of the show, I'm gonna be slurring and, uh, yes. and, uh, yeah, tongue tied and, uh, laughing, giggling quite a bit. So, all right, so let's go ahead and pour this beer into our glass. What, what kind of glass you got there, Chris? Did you get your, uh, Nice. I didn't.
1: Yeah, I, I went with a uh, uh, a, snifter, yeah, a snifter, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't grab my um,
0: your delirium.
1: My, yeah.
0: So, uh, I've got. I, I went and grabbed my uh, Russian River Belgian glass. I can't fit the whole thing in. That's what. I'm Leaving. I'm leaving that one said. alone. <laughs>
1: yeah. I tried. It just won't fit right now. <laughs> it won't fit.
0: This just won't fit. Yeah. Try oh, harder. Good. So it's so it's not just me who no I, I poured a little no no because again these are bottle conditioned as well I mm. believe. Yeah, that smells good. It does smell good. I I okay. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's look Sorry. at the visuals. Okay. Um as as everyone can see that it has a great head. If you I mean everyone that's actually watching the video can see that um it pours really really nicely. Uh, the head is nice and thick, creamy. It has a a combination of some really dense, uh, small, creamy bubbles as well as if you look closely on the side, there's some coarse bubbles in there too. So it's not just, uh, you know, a dense head. It's got both. It's got the dents on top as Chris showed you on his top-down view um, and some nice coarse bubbles. So it's really good. Okay, that's – your your camera's coming across like that. With that light in there, it's making it look like it's really like orange.
1: It does. Well, I mean, it's super bright in the bottom. So what if oh, – oh, come on, do it. There we go. I, I mean, I guess if you were to put yeah light
0: to it, I, I've got this aerated, this uh, laser etched bottom glass, so the bubbles are like coming up like crazy. I don't, you can probably see there's a lot of bubbles in my in my glass, uh, but it, that works really well because I I can just see the bubbles on the side. If you look closely here, you can see that the bubbles are well, maybe not, it's not focusing very good, but they're just coming up the side, so it's giving off a really nice aroma out of here because those bubbles are just releasing all this great flavor as it comes up. So yeah, it's an it's a um, it's really a, an amber coloring. I mean, a, a really like a dark amber coloring. Uh, it's a clear beer. I didn't pour any sediment in there, so it's not. Uh, uh, well, you know what? It's it's got a little haze. It is too, a little hazier. But... Yeah, you're right. It's not as clear. I mean, it's clear that I can see through it, but it's I can't see all the way through it. So you're right. right. It is a little bit of a haze in there as well. Not, not a hazy beer, but it's got some particulates that are keeping it from being translucent, I guess. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the aroma. So it's got, to me, big toffee, like it's got huge toffee character coming out of here. And fruit, like a fruited date dates and toffee is what i what i get in the norma if fruit cake had a
1: smell right
0: yeah like yeah the,
1: those those chewy um, stone fruits like i wouldn't want to go plum but
0: i i think plum's a little heavy i think dates is a good one a uh, sweet date toffee and And Belgian sugar yeah, right? Those mm-hmm. are the kind of the flavors that I get out of – aromas I get out of, out of this uh, beer. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, look, our head's died down. How's your head? It died down?
1: So I actually got the whole bottle
0: in there. Oh, did you? Okay, let me try to yeah. get my whole bottle in now. Well, I mean,
1: there, there might be, you know, a half of an inch left in there, but I don't know if there's any sediment in there or
0: not. Uh, it's definitely coming out darker as I'm pouring. There is
1: – Oh, yeah. There is sediment in
0: the bottom in of that bottle. It's, uh, it's okay. Okay. All right. Let's take a, let's take a a sip of this thing. It's not too cold. Mm Mm-mm. Wow. You know what? Wow. All the aromas coming out of this thing. You thought, I thought it was going to be really like, like more fruity and And more sweet. Yeah, me too. And it's not not sweet at all, which is, I mean, okay, I won't say not sweet. It is sweet, but it gives me, it gives off to me like a big caramel, like toffee, like a a
1: slightly burnt sugar. Burnt sugar,
0: caramel, toffee uh, flavor that gives you some of that sweetness that you get from that, but not like super sweet. Like you get from dates, like dates Mm -hmm. come off really sweet. Um but yeah, it's really toffee, toffee, burnt, burnt, sh- burnt caramel, burnt sugar, brown sugar. Those are all kinds of uh of flavors you could probably describe this beer. There is a little bit of of uh, at the finish, there is a little bit of uh of a fruit flavor I might say prunes is what I'd say the the back end flavor of this is. Um, not that I eat a lot of prunes, but I I have had prunes and I'm, and you know, honestly, I do like I like them. Prunes. I just don't want to eat too many of them cuz they they wow. will make you a bit regular, but I'm 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 feeling that if I were to give the best fruit flavor in here, on the flavor I'd say prunes in the finish. What what do you get in the finish there Chris? You get so, anything?
1: Right now I'm getting, you know, my bottle is actually really cold. Mm. So I'm, I'm getting, I, I'm I'm having an issue with with drinking this and letting it kind of be completely there because I took it out of a fridge that's okay. just 35, 36 degrees. Oh, yeah, and, yeah.
0: Sorry about that. We should have took that no, no, out no, earlier. No
1: um, and I thought about that before we got started, but I was also, it's so cold right now that I'm also getting like these, like strange metallic flavors towards the end of it. I'm like, Oh, it's just that cold right now. Like it's, it's like if you drink like a big heavy stout Mm -hmm. and you get like, it's that it's a sharp,
0: yeah, kind of a sharp, sharp, uh, sharp
1: bitterness to it. But you know, normally as you let them warm up, they, they kind of.
0: Okay. Well, I'll keep talking about mine because I, I had mine in my cooler, which came, you know, came out of my beer fridge. And then I just have a little bit of ice in there and it, and the actual temperature is like perfect. It's probably right around, you know, 47 degrees, 50 degrees, you know, it's probably a good drinking temperature to drink this. Um, But yeah, there's no, I don't get any kind of uh, sharpness or metallic. This is super smooth, Um, creamy, creamy body. The body, the mouthfeel in the body is like super creamy, full, full body. Uh, It's not thin at all uh not watery it's got great flavor but not overwhelming flavor uh, mm-hmm. and again the finish uh i uh, you know I, I get that uh let's say burnt sugar toffee type character up front finishing off with a prune ish fruit in the very finish uh but cutting off very very fast it doesn't linger around um yeah, no it's
1: not like it, it it's not like it sticks to your yeah. tongue the whole time yeah. it's just yeah. It's it's there. You taste everything, and then it's gone. And mine, mine again, with some slight off flavors, just because it's being super cold. um, You know, I I get some of the bitterness too. I I get some. It's almost like resinous hop bitterness, but oh wow! I I know that it can't be. Yeah, Um, yeah. It could just it could just be uh, you know some of the. some of the caramelized sugar flavor, like if it will get bitter if you you know caramelize sugar too far, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, so while Chris's beer warms up a hair, um, I did see on the now I'm gonna have trouble, let me get my reading glasses, oh shoot, where's my reading glasses out oh, here? Let me get my reading glasses out so I can read the small print. there is some uh there is something on the back of the label. Let me just read this since I didn't prepare properly beforehand it says Chema Premier is a copper-tinted brown ale that combines generous hints of fruit, toast, and sweet caramel. Okay, we got the caramel. The Trappist logo certifies that this ale is brewed in a tap a Trappist abbey and that the majority of the sale's income is intended for social aid. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. The exceptional yeast isolated by Father Theodore combined with the purity of the highly p- protected water of the abbey's wells, gives Chimay a unique richness. It is very rich. It feels rich, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, I, th- that's one of the, the, the descriptions I should use is rich. Um, since 1862, Chimay's secondary fermented, fermented ales have neither been pasteurized nor filtered. Uh, okay, good catch on the filtering, Chris, because you're right. It was a little bit uh, m- cloudy uh filtered and only natural ingredients are used beer fermented in the bottle contains barley and wheat so yeah this is a um conditioned ale and so
1: i also what i've been what i've been tasting though even though i'm you know in the very front we were talking about stone fruits and things like that i would really kind of lean on apricots uh as far as what I get out of it too. And it's definitely starting to warm up now.
0: You know what? I will you know what? I now that you say that, maybe it's just like suggestion, but I, I can see where you could get some apricot type uh um I want to say I don't want to say syrupy because it's not syrupy, but you know how mm-hmm. how that apricot uh thick juice is like have that that character i i get some of that apricot in there yeah that's a good that's a good pull and you're right stone fruit right apricot is a stone fruit right and i i would agree that yeah apricot stone fruit um prunes caramel burnt caramel brown sugar it's
1: it has a really i I like the write-up that it has on untapped too because it talked about let's see um noted for its copper color as the first beer brewed by the monks of Chimay in 1862 Uh, top of the creamy head. It gives off a light fruity, light fruity apricot aroma produced Uh. by the fermentation. (laughs) Um, The taste perceived in the mouth is a balance confirming the fruity nuances noted in the fragrance. It's taste, which imparts a silky sensation to the tongue. It is silky. I say silky. Yeah. Is made refreshing by a touch of bitterness. Okay,
0: so I'm I'm not completely losing my mind here. So, yeah, so I am at the end of I'm almost the end of mine now. Um, You're right. As it goes on, at the very end of the finish on the on my tongue, I do get a little bitterness on the tongue. So you're right. There there is some bitterness in there, and uh, good call with the apricot. But it's um, uh it smells entirely
1: different now, now that it's starting to warm up too. Like I was just smelling it earlier. Like you said, you you get the smell of, you know, the um uh, crap, what did you say
0: earlier? <laughs> I don't know. I talk a lot, so I could have said any number of things. I, I was just speaking as it was coming to my uh, to my to my senses. I don't remember what I said. I was have to play back the uh, audio and find out what <laughs> Can I said. We go to the replay, please.
1: Um, but you know, it's it's changed completely. Like just, it just smells more of like that, like that sugary candy smell, mm-hmm. uh, like that Belgian. Um, but I do. I get some kind of more. To- I get those toffee notes in there as yeah. well. Um, but it, uh, to the palate, the taster perceives. A pleasant astringency, which complements the flavor qualities of this beer very
0: harmoniously.
1: Um, Top fermented Trappist beer, re-fermented in the bottle, is not pasteurized. All right.
0: Yeah, it keeps on working, working its magic. Oh, what was your date on your bottle, by by any chance? Uh, Let's see. Oh, it's got a weird code. Mine's uh, L21773. That's not something we can decode easily.
1: I don't even see a date on
0: mine. It's on the gold. It's not a date, it's like a a lot number, lot 21 oh, seventy seven three. Uh I got the same one. Oh, there we go. We got the same beer. Yep. At least produced at the same time 773. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh and I I, will, I again, now that I'm it's getting warmer and it's getting to the end and uh yeah, I'm getting some you know, almost like like a like a fruit cup, uh, syrup flavor. You know, at the, at the end, which which kind of reminds me of apricots as well. So it's like apricot finish. I, I get more apricot now. It's at the end of this, than I did at the beginning. And maybe again, it's a, it's a power suggestion. Maybe I'm my mind is saying, yeah. Chris says there's apricots. It must be apricots. I taste apricots. <laughs> 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 oh. All right, any last any last uh, parting words on this beer before we move on to our uh our next segment. I mean, these are
1: if you're going to go classic Belgian beers, these are one of those ones that is readily available oh, that yeah. you can you can grab. I mean, it's awesome Denny. you and I are on the complete opposite ends of the country <laughs> and our lot numbers are exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, we got lucky. Just so,
0: just happened to be delivered the same the same lot at the same
1: time. <laughs> So if if you want to try some Belgian beers, you can start here because um, I, I know like a lot of the Belgian beers I've tried before. When you drink it, it doesn't just coat your mouth and it's sticky and sweet, very much like toffee. You know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it can be a little overwhelming or just overbearing. And trying to finish, you know, we we went through. You're done, yours. I know you are. Uh, yeah, I um, got one. <laughs> I, got, I got one sip.
0: I'm just saving.
1: <laughs> um, if it was if this was sticky and cloying, yeah. it would be a little more difficult yeah. to finish. But it's it's the the carbonation's a little higher. It's it's you know I'm, we're drinking it fairly quickly, and we're I'm sure you're probably going to be burping up a little bit here in a minute. But
0: I, I don't um, feel as much burping as the last beer. The Duval seemed to have more carbonation than this one. I mean, it's carbonated. I and mean, we'll see. We'll see how right. I burp. But um, one thing. This is a super approachable Belgian ale. It doesn't have flavors that typical Belgian ales that that turn people off are going to experience and say, oh, yuck, that's that coriander, Mm -hmm. that clove, that bubble gum. I don't want that in my beer. This doesn't have that. This Belgian ale, very approachable, easy drinking, high alcohol content, but you would never know. That there's any alcohol in this beer. I don't yeah. taste any hint of alcohol in this beer. I mean, that's amazing that there's 7% alcohol in here and it goes down so easy. You can get pretty much wasted off this beer pretty quickly, yeah. I think. Ooh. Oh, excuse
1: me. But yeah, it's, um, I like this one. Okay. And it makes me look forward to the uh, the red or the blue and the 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 blue. I love I love the blue. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no. My favorite style is Belgian dark strong ale. So, uh, I yeah, the blue is gonna is gonna be good. I haven't had a blue for a long time too, so it'll be good to revisit Mm -hmm. it. I haven't had the red. Oh, there it goes. I just had to burp up. There it is. I haven't had the red for a long time either, and I forgot. I think this is one of the ones that. That John, uh, recommended that I try when I was, when I told him early on, like back in, oh, I was like, okay, you're right, Chris. Now the, now the bubbles are coming up. Um, you know, back when I was, uh, uh, on the Florida I mentioned that I didn't like Belgian, you know, Belgian beers and, um, and John, you know, he wrote in and, and he said, Hey, try these, try these beers, um. And, and I think you'll, you'll find that you'll enjoy these. And this is one of the ones that he recommended and I did enjoy it. And from there, you know, I just started trying more and more and realized that, wow, uh, maybe I just had some bad experiences with Belgian style ales that just, you know, at, at the time of my craft beer journey, I just wasn't ready for. And now that I was have a more, you know, well back then, this is again, going back eight, eight, well, actually going back 10 years ago, I, you know, my palate has grown where I can accept them more readily, and now I just love them. Belgi- I I'll buy any Belgian beer. Uh, mm-hmm. Style, I love I love it. So, yeah. So Chris mentioned we're going to have the Chimay White on our next episode. That's the triple style called sink Sense, uh, and that will be on episode two thirteen. And the Chimay Blue will be two fourteen. The Grand Reserve, a Belgian strong dark ale. Uh, Chris and I are both looking forward to that one. I I love Belgian dark strongs. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get into our Beer Speak 101. This is where we briefly define common and not so common beer terminology. This episode, we explain what it means when we talk about decoction mash. Watch your mouth. Yes. Yes. What the hell is a decoction mash? And who would do it and why? Well, it's a method of mashing. And mashing is where you take your your broken up barley uh and 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 it it basically goes into a into a water and it's bringing out it's a temperature temperature control water that brings out those st- starches and sugars so that you can then transfer that water into your brewing and you can start your your beer so uh it's a method of mashing that raises the temperature of the mash by removing a portion, boiling it, and then returning it to the mash ton. Often used multiple times in certain mash programs. The most traditional is a triple decoction mash, with, where the decoction is boiled three times to achieve four different mash steps. Single and double decoctions are also quite common. Decoction mashing increases the, mel- the melanoidins <laughs> in the mash, contributing to a fuller, maltier character in the beer. Increased tannins from the boiling the grain also add to the mouthfeel of the beer. And decoction mash. This is just a brief, you know, description of what this is. Um, I think I'm going to go into more details on this as a as a future topic that we can go into the, the nitty gritty on on how do you do it and why you do it and exactly what it's adding to the beer and why so many like really good German beers that do decoction math are so good. And uh, so, yeah, look forward to a future topic of that. Okay, Chris, the moment of truth, the time that we start talking about the brew buzz, which is the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer topics. And this week we are discussing our favorite breweries beginning with the letter H. So Chris, i you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, certainly. Okay. I got to uh, I got to pull this one up first because you know I slacked <laughs> on my. Uh... Hey,
0: you got some words
1: in here though. Listen, I, <laughs> you you were right. I was extremely impressed of the number of H breweries that mm-hmm. were not only in my Untapped but also just all around because there is a website that I use um, when we start looking these up, uh, and I closed out the tab. Damn it. Oh man! And I'll I'll pull it up here in a second, but uh, breweries that start with the letter H. Um, But my first brewery, there it is, it's called, it's BeerMe.com. And it's under the tab of brewery list. And you just click any of the letters and it'll take you to a very, very extensive list of every brewery that's Mm. known and listed in here. That'll uh, just help you if you're looking for breweries that start with a certain letter. Anywho. um, Yeah, I was, I was definitely really impressed of the uh, number of breweries that I could come up with that I've tried beer from uh, that started with the letter H and it was no question on my first one of which Mm -hmm. one I was going to go with. And it was hop and frog out of, out of Akron. Um, And just to kind of a, Quick snippet on them. This was straight out of their website. Uh, it was established in 2006 and brewing with an uncompromising and relentless focus on detail. From the ingredient selection to the brewing process, the brewery has become known for quality around the world and now distributes, excuse me, in 22 <laughs> states and 38 foreign countries. Wow, that's impressive. I had no idea Yeah, That's yet. great. Does it show up here in Florida? Because that'd be nice.
0: It Doesn't show up in Boise uh, either. So <laughs> yeah.
1: only half the states are cool enough. Um, Hop and Frog has now been rated 26th best brewer in the world by best brewer in the world by RateBeer, the world's largest and most comprehensive beer rating website. Oh,
0: yeah, little plug there. <laughs>
1: yeah, and thus are one of the top 100 brewers in the world now for 14 years in a row. Hop and Frog is the concept of owner and established brewmaster Fred Karm, a brewer since 1994 who has designed and produced 23 award-winning beers at the Great American Beer Festival and World Beer Cup, the two most prestigious contests in the world. Um, And I've, if you look, I've checked into 41 different beers Nice. there. Well, I don't know if they're all different, but... um, one of my absolute favorites has been their, uh, their barrel age Doris, the destroyer, yeah. which Doris is double oatmeal, Russian Imperial stout. Um, which it's just, it's chewy, but then they barrel age it. And it's, it's one of those beers that you drink it and it, you just want to drink more of it and you want to drink more of it. And it's, it just doesn't, I, I can't get enough of it. Mm. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite beers. I've rated it five caps on Untapped um, <clears throat> as many times as I've had it. Anytime I can get a hold of a bottle of it, I just I try to get get a hold of it. So um, that's one of my favorite beers that they put out. But they they also put out on the complete opposite side of beers that they put out. Their Turbo Shandy. Now I haven't had the Turbo Shandy in quite a while. Because when I used to get it straight from Ohio, when I lived there, it was, you know, lemonade, beer, mm-hmm. just, you know, nice, easy drinking summer beer. Um, but for some reason, I do remember having it a year or two ago and being a little mm-hmm. underwhelmed and not being as good as uh, as I remember it being. But um, between the Doris, the Destroyer, they also have Boris uh their their um oatmeal oh geez what for us uh <laughs> oh look that uh chimae's kicking in <laughs> um it's it's an oatmeal russian imperial stout and it's uh just a nice solid beer and i do believe that one has a handful of awards in, in different competitions um in that beer where did it go i just had it up here anyway um but a lot of great beers that they've put out um the boris the doris the 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 turbo shandy um they had one that was a tower series a which was a chocolate and peanut butter stout <laughs> um and uh you know their christmas beer is great their their double pumpkin is great you know it's just a uh, it's just an all-around great brewery. Now I haven't been able to get a whole lot more here um, unless I go through a service like Tavor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um and the last couple ones I had, there was like uh an I got like an, an eight ounce can. It was like
0: a 15 <laughs> a 15% beer. Um, oh. And, and I could just
1: it was uh you know this was the label wow, on it.
0: That's a mini label.
1: And it was, it was an eight. Eight and a eight ounce can, in 16,
0: 16.8% 16. and a
1: half ounces. But, uh, it was an ale aged in, in bourbon whiskey barrels. And we'll just throw that back up on the wall. There you go. <laughs> it stuck too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like those guys. Um, you know, like I said, out of Akron, Ohio, they've put out a lot of great beers. Um, so I just wish I could see more of them where we are now.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, right. Hoppin' Frog. Uh, I haven't had very many of their beers, but the ones I've had have all been really good. And I think it would have, I knew it was going to be on your list, so I didn't want to take it, but I just haven't had that many beers from them as many as I've had from the other two breweries that I'll mention. Yeah. And so I, I, I had to, to throw my hat to those those breweries.
1: Yeah. What about you, Denny? Wanna, what's, uh, what's one of the first ones on your list?
0: Okay. So uh, my favorite H brewery. Uh, is what I'm wearing right here, Heretic Brewing. Be a heretic. Um, out of Fairfield, California, I've had 27 unique beers from them. I've visited a brewery. Uh, had some of these uh, of my favorite beers at the brewery itself. I would have never got uh, these beers if I didn't go to the brewery, which was nice. Um, the sad thing is, is I, I mentioned when we were talking about uh, our last episode how I – Yeah, I I said, what if we had a, you know, if we had five hundred, if we had money to to open our own capital investment, how we spend our money? Mm -hmm. That was brought. That kind of came together because I was listening to how, um, the owner, the the previous owner of and creator of Heretic, yeah, he's no longer a part of the brewery, and it all started from a capital investment group that decided that he was, you know, going to, uh, uh, you know sell the brewery to this investment group. and He was going to stay on as a, you know, as part of it or whatever. And then eventually what happened is they, they booted him out. So he's no longer a part of the brewery, which is sad because this was his baby and he, he, he built it um, with a purpose. And, and uh, uh, what I'll do is I'll just read a little bit about, about the brewery here. So it it all started with a neighbor sharing a homemade beer with Jamil Zanishev. He was surprised at the quality of the brew and mentioned it to his wife, Liz. So, he, so she bought him uh, a Mr. Beer Kit for Christmas. So imagine that. Imagine this great award-winning brewer started off with a Mr. Beer Kit. That's how he started brewing. <laughs> Jamil. I feel like
1: it's gonna I feel like it's gonna like that with so many <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, but I I mean I bet we we asked a lot of these things they all started with that that first kit made horrible beer and they they and they upgraded right away to something bigger but uh, it's it's a it's a fun story. So Jamil became obsessed with brewing the perfect beer and as his passion for brewing progressed he became well known in the home brewing community. Within a few years he had won first place medals in in every known beer style, 82 at the time. So imagine having a homebrew home from a neighbor across, a, you know, on the other side of his fence, giving a beer, loving the beer, asking the guy, hey, where does this beer come from? I want to buy more of it. And the guy's saying, well, I made it. You can't buy more. And, mm-hmm. then, and then sparking his ability to want to make his own beer as good as what his neighbor was making. And, yeah. and then leads it to where... He just started brewing as many styles as he can. And not only was he a good brewer at one or two styles, he won first place home medal you know, meddling home brewers in 82 categories in California, which is a lot of people in California. So, or Southern, you know, Northern California, it wasn't the whole state of California, but in his home brew area. So that's pretty impressive. So in 2011, Jamil and Liz decided to take the plunge and open Heretic Brewing Company. Within a few years, Heretic became internationally known with distribution in 13 states and 12 countries. So I was very lucky in the fact that when he started brewing his, opened his brewery, he worked a deal out with one of our local homebrew shops where he was getting beer in Boise. in really? like. Gosh, I want to say like 2013, maybe. I mean, really soon, you know, early in his in his company's um, brewing, maybe even before 2013. And so I was trying his beers and, and drinking them here in Boise early, early on, and loved them, Fell in love with his his beers. Makes great beers. And and then eventually he he made it out to 13 different states and and 12 countries. Not as good as Hop and Frog, but hey, that's pretty impressive. So when trying to research and find out more information about heretic there, I thought, well, maybe there's a wiki page or some information. There's was very little, but I did find an article and I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the article, but I will do is I will, um, I'm going to read just the first opening introduction to this article. And this article was, I think it was written back in 2015. So it's, it's, it's older, it's, you know, it's, it's an old article, but it has some good information in there. If you're, if you want to find more out about heretic, uh, about their mission, mission and the way they do things and and go about <clears throat> making good beer, I recommend following the link that I'll have at the end of the uh, at, at in the show notes and reading um, the five lef- lessons that were uh, that, so basically the article says how I became a heretic, five lessons <clears throat> learned from Jamil and Liz Zaneshev, and this was found on the Beer in Sac website. So beers in Sacramento. Because that's the area that they're, they're in Fairfield, which is outside of Sacramento. And I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to read this first opening paragraph. And if you're intrigued, um, you should go follow the article link and read the entire article. It's very enlightening. I, I enjoyed it. So it, it starts off like this. What is a heretic? The words dissenter, nonconformist, iconoclast, and uh, opposition come to mind. But Jamil and Liz Zaneshev, founders of Heretic Brewing in Fairfield, California, have different take on the word. As a heretic follows his core beliefs, often to the disapproval of the mainstream or popular thought, this husband and wife team landed on the name because they wanted to make beer that stayed true to the craft without submitting to popular demand or trends that compromise the integrity of the process. You'd think that Jamil and Liz would be passionate about brewing, and they are, in fact, zealous. But you might also think that they would carry an attitude of arrogance or anti-establishment. A heretic, of course, must be known for what he is against, right? After some pints and thoughtful conversation, however, I found, this is the the author, uh, that Jamil and Liz oozed with a different type of heresy. They are passionate about their craft, but offer no arrogance. In fact, I walked away having learned About humility, humility, thoughtfulness, sincerity, and zeal for all that is good. The following thoughts reflect my conversation with the Zenishefs and some lessons I learned from them along the way. Here are five lessons on how to become a heretic by the Zenishef way. So, yeah, if that intrigues you to find out what these five ways are, follow that link in our show notes. So, some beers that I enjoy, and uh, again, twenty-seven beers. Maybe more. If I I don't know which ones were you know um, deleted from my untap, but the ones I can follow on untap twenty seven. Uh, I'm going to list the ones that are that I really enjoyed and that are and the, and you'll be surprised that these are five cap rating beers a, a, as well as four and a half cap rating beers. So um, the first beer I had from them, well, no, no, I, I take it back. Not the first beer. The second beer I had from them is the Evil Cousin Imperial IPA. Their first beer was Evil. Twin uh, Red Ale, Red IPA. I enjoyed that Red IPA, but I enjoyed the, and I gave that Red IPA like a four and a half cap rating, maybe four, I can't remember. Um, But the Evil Cousin Imperial IPA is a five cap rating beer, an incredible beer that just blew my socks off when I first had it. The second beer that blew my socks off when I had it was the Chocolate Hazelnut Porter. I'm not a big fan of hazelnut, but the way this beer was was made, and the, uh, w- the way they added the hazelnut in, not to be overwhelming, was incredible. Five-cap rating. I've already mentioned I love Belgian Dark Strong Ales. Guess what? Torment, the Belgian Dark Strong Ale, five-cap rating. Loved it. Worry, Belgian Triple, five-cap rating. Incubus, Imperial Stout, five-cap rating. Shallow Grave Porter, five-cap rating. I just mm-hmm. had the Shallow Grave Porter on the air a few episodes ago. I still drink it. I still love it. It's still a fantastic beer. Then we get to the four and a half. These are some more recent ones I've had in the last maybe year or two. Juicier Than Thou New England IPA, four and a half cap rating. And guess what? We go from all these IPAs and Belgian ales and stouts and porters to a lager, a Helles lager, which is just called lager, four and a half cap rating for a lager. So they can go on both sides of that of that spectrum and make some great beer. So even though Jamil no longer is involved in Heretic, I really hope that they continue to brew the great beers that he developed, uh, which I can't imagine them not. Uh, And if you have a chance of visiting Heretic or getting their beers, I recommend trying some really good beers. All right, Chris. Didn't mean to go on too long there, but that was was mine.
1: absolutely, Absolutely fine. And my, my other H brewery is going to be high wire brewing out of uh, Asheville, mm-hmm. North Carolina. So, um, I was trying to get notes and stuff put into our, I was trying to paste, copy and paste stuff out of their website and man, I don't know what it was, <laughs> but it was just not <laughs> happening. So I put, you know, just a link on our notes. if We need to go back to it. Um, but these guys are based out of Asheville, North Carolina, like we just mentioned, um, just a quick thing about what they have as their story in the, uh, on their website at Highwire uh, highwire.com. Um, at, at our core, we brew beer. We want to drink on a regular basis beer. We can sit down and have multiple pints with friends. Our flagship and seasonal offerings are brewed to be balanced and approachable. How brewers have been striving to brew beers for thousands of years. So they want to keep things simple, but they want to make, you know, they want to brew beer that they want to drink not just you know hey we we uh you know we needed a new beer on tap so here we threw this together i i like that that they are going to do that um that they're not just going to maybe go with a hype or you know they just they want to brew a quality mm-hmm. a quality product which i can't argue with them mm-hmm. on that Um, And it's paying off for them because, I mean, they've expanded significantly in the last, you know, five to seven years. Um, They said, we're dedicated to the tradition of our craft while striving to be innovative. Brewing beers with a connection to the past is important to us. We love to brew traditional styles that honor the heritage of our craft and pay respect to those who have crafted beer before us. Yet, as an American craft brewer, we are elated to participate in the culture of experimentation that has developed here. With the opening of the Big Top Production Brewery and Tap Room, uh, our South Slope Specialty Brewery has become an experimental hub for creating exciting barrel-aged sour and wild ales, in addition to housing our pilot system for recipe development and small batch creations. They don't like to take themselves too seriously, though, and just because we partake in a craft steeped in tradition doesn't mean we're stuffy Mm -hmm. we firmly believe beer should be fun and shouldn't be taken too seriously our tasting rooms our staff our packaging all embody the spirit of fun and approachability so it's uh it was one of these breweries that megan and i happened to just kind of stumble upon when we were in Asheville the last time a couple years ago and i kept hearing uh Kept hearing people go, Oh, you gotta go to Highwire. You gotta mm-hmm. go to Highwire. And I'm like, I've never heard of them. Why would I go
0: over there? <laughs> Sounds like, like a circus to me.
1: It's not wicked weed. <laughs> like, why would we go over there? Um, and it was one of those breweries that I was just pleasantly surprised by. Uh you know, they had um, the majority of what we tried when we were there were actually more of like the the Berliners mm. and the Gozas, which uh, we, we were, I did, I did talk Megan into letting me get an Amber Wheat uh, <laughs> lager, which was, uh, which was nice, but I've even started to see their things around here in Florida. Like, um, one of the, one of the big stouts that they, that they put out is their 10 w 40. I've heard of that one. Yeah. And a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people look for it. It's, it's a great, uh, great beer. I, I rated it four and a quarter caps. Um on the last time that I checked it in, and then they do a bunch of variants of it, so that's kind of like their their will their base, and then they'll mm-hmm. make a bunch of different beers off of it but um uh last one of the ones that we had plum nectar dry hopped berliner vice, mm. um their amber wheat um the peach berliner vice, which I'm always good for peach beer that's actually one of the first meads I'm making is a peach strawberry mead um <laughs> And, uh, they actually had another Goza that was, uh, with Citra, Citra hops. So they do a little bit of everything, but they also had like a tropical Berliner or a tropical Sour Vice, which was labeled as an American wild ale. Um, and I don't think I rated it cause it doesn't show any rating on here, but, um, they're just all around good, good beers that I've had from them. Cause they're, they're getting into a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. right? They're getting into the the sours, they're getting into the stouts, the the IPAs, they're they're kind of touching on a lot of different things and like I said they did uh, a fair amount of expansion uh in the last couple of years. Like I think they have a couple of uh Yeah, they did a lot. So, Asheville um on the south slope is where I found out about them. Then they have a second beer garden. Mm. There's also one there's a, a beer garden in Asheville. Then there's one in Biltmore village. So the Biltmore estates is in Asheville or one of them is in Asheville. They also have a location in Charlotte, North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee, Wilmington, North Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, and coming soon, Cincinnati, Ohio, oh. Birmingham, Alabama, wow. and Nashville, Tennessee. So there's um, expansion. Wow. I didn't know they were going balls out. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed all the things that I've had from them too. So that's why I put them as my one of my favorite H breweries. Nice. Um, Jeff Seiler chimed in with some great H breweries for oh, me: heist, heist, Heist in North Carolina. Yes, Highland, Highland, Highland Park. Ooh, excuse me, um, Hop Butcher for the world. Never heard Good of one. them. Hop or uh, Highwire Hoofhearted. Uh, Jeff, I didn't forget about them. They were on my list, but I was, uh, uh, ill-prepared today and not, <laughs> you know, for a day off and all. Um, so I haven't had a ton from a whole part I have
0: a, I've had a few,
1: but, uh, yeah, that's a good list. Half acre to half acre also in, uh, Illinois. <laughs> um, Yeah. Great selection of breweries. Um, Highland Highland Brewing in uh, Asheville too. Jeff was another one that was almost made my list too. I just hadn't had a ton of stuff from them.
0: I mean, yeah. Well, let's get into my last uh, last one because um, you know we just got done taking a break. If for anyone wasn't uh, paying attention uh, on our audio stream, Uh, and then we talked about some other beers and uh there's a there, there there were a lot of h breweries but a, the problem is a lot of them only had one or two beers mm-hmm. that i had and then there was another one that had a significant number not but that didn't make my list and it's because i didn't have a lot of high rated beers even though i had more beers from this brewery it, they weren't high rated. They were just, they were okay. There was a couple that were good and, and other ones that weren't. As you notice with the Heretic, I had a lot of five cap rating and four and a half cap rating. And I didn't even list all the four and a half cap ratings. I had other ones too. Uh, when you have that many high rated ones, those are going to make the list over other ones I may have had a lot of beers, but they were just like, okay, they weren't anything special. Um, but this last brewery that I'm going to talk about, the second, my second Brewery is not even an American brewery. Yeah, I'm going out of the states, and uh, and and this brewery and the beers hold a special place in my heart because um, of, of of how I was introduced to this brewery. And this is Hadabim Brewing in in Israel. Uh, Hadabim means the bears. So, in case you want to know what the Hebrew uh, word for that is, and uh, I. According to Untapped, I've only had 15 of their beers. I, I think I may have had more, but maybe they didn't, you know, maybe they disappeared as well. But why is Hadabim, why isn't it, is not is a foreign, uh, an Israeli craft brewing company making my t- favorite ones? Well, it goes out to a time when I was in Israel at a bar, at, at a brewery in Israel, drinking beers, checking them in on Untapped, and all out of the blue, Someone messaged or friends me and I friend him back on untapped and he starts messaging me or about, Hey, uh, uh, are are you going to be there for a while? I said, I want to bring you, I want to bring you some beers from my brewery. And I said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll be here now. Of course I was thinking he was just coming from across town. It turns out that he was coming from North of Tel Aviv. Uh, and it took him a while to get there, but it was okay. There was plenty of beer to drink. I was drinking. I, I met a friend from South Africa. I, I well, actually, I never met this guy before because, you know, I'm just a friendly guy. Uh, you know, we met at the bar drinking beers and we started chatting and we had a good time waiting for Ariel Druck to show up, uh, bringing a backpack full of beers from Hob And my first introduction to this brewery was from, from him coming, coming to, to the The Dancing Camel, which was a brewery I was at in Tel Aviv and bringing beers and we were drinking them at this other brewery and having a good time. And, uh, you know, we were there until two, two o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember how I walked back. Somehow I got back to the hotel and I have no idea how I got back. That's how much fun we had. Uh, that's how you know
1: you did it right Yeah,
0: and and just so you know i wasn't driving i I walked to the brewery from my hotel so it wasn't like i was driving but somehow i ended up back at the hotel no recollection of how i got there um had a great time so my introduction to the brewery was special the beers that he brought were very good and at the time were the some of the best beers i've i had in israel because the craft beer movement wasn't really strong back in the you know in in a two thousand you know fourteen thirteen fourteen time frame so I really uh enjoyed those beers and was like the first taste of real craft beer that that I really enjoyed so that's why this brewery holds a special place and there's a story that that I'm gonna tell here that is on their website first I'm gonna say a little history here so in two thousand and fifteen they were um, contract brewing near Tel Aviv. Uh, the brewery went out of business around 2016. So, um, they were brewing, I think, before 2015, but I don't know exactly when they started. Maybe it was 2009, as the story I'm going to tell in a minute is. But um, I was introduced to them in 2015 for sure, and then a year later, um, after having, you know, several of their beers and enjoying them, maybe it was two years later, they they stopped. They stopped brewing. They went out of business, um, but they restarted back in 2018 and began brewing again. As, and they their beers contract brewed at the Beer Bazaar Brewery in Kiryat Gat in Israel, which is in the uh, northern uh, portion of no wait not northern the, the eastern portion of uh, of of Israel. Uh, so I've I was able to get some history and some information off the, a website They didn't even have a website before now they have a website, but it's in Hebrew and the translate is you know when translating from English to Hebrew or Hebrew to English is not the best. I tried to translate what I thought were the right words, the ones I couldn't figure out. I just left so if it doesn't make sense, it's not me. It's not the beers I've been drinking. It's the fact that Google Translate doesn't work as well as as it could, right So the brewery was born in the courtyard of a house in Rahanana, Rahanana, Ra- in 2009, after years in Br- Brazil and the United States, uh, Dagan Ziana returned after being exposed to the international craft industry and possible and the possibility of producing beer at home. He recruited. He recruited Rodem, improvised a small home cooking system, and it all started from there. Almost every week, new beers came out of the tiny brewery. Uh, knowledge and experience were accumulated, and and with them, new friends, brewers, and beer lovers in general. When the walls of the house of Ra, Ra'anana, I can't, I can't, I'm not very good at the. the Keep the, drinking, yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, we're built on fermentation tanks and the create- to creative and boiling mind of the brewmaster. We decided to take the next step and try to turn the out-of-control hobby into a real thing. This is how the People's Brewery began to unfold in Evan yahata uh, which was the home bre- brewery of the Bears, Hadabim. Uh, uh, beers began to come out of the brewery door that the Israeli pa- palate hardly knew. The smoky first hit, the strong honeycomb, uh, sting in the classic English bitter and the dark hatset, but the Endura shined above them all, the first IPA in Zion, and the capital that marked the continuation of our journey uh, little by little, more and more people fell in love with Indira and the hoppy beers that followed. Oh, we got this far and forgot to mention. We love hops, lots of hops. In general, we are bitter people and we like bitter things. Coffee, whiskey, They say rocket, but I'm not sure that's the right translation. I don't know what that word's supposed to be. Uh, the place of hops in our lives and in our beers grew as we grew up. Back in Evan uh, uh, Yehuda, Almost every month, we put a new beer, new bear beer on the market. Most of them were hoppy, but there were also some experiments. Beers in wooden barrels, beers with non-standard additions. Did anyone ask for chili? (laughs) Yeah, they had had Hmm. a pepper beer that was, it was good, but I'm not a big pepper beer fan. Special projects with special people and more. The bears have gathered a small and loyal core of fans around them. At the pioneering, uh... Beer festivals of those years, our booths were for were a central focus, where diehard beer geeks knew how to come to taste the most interesting and talked about beers. But that's only one side of the story. The Israeli market was not ready for our crazy beers and the beers of the other craft breweries that arose in those years. The difficulty of owning a small brewery eventually led to the closing of the People's Brewery. We took our porridge bowls and went into hibernation, but not for too long. The pro Um, Pro Tree Company, which markets food products and beers from around the world, offered to take the bears under its protection. In a short time, we came back with new beers and old ones and distributed them from shops and pubs from Kiryat Shmona uh, uh, in the north to Eilat in the south. The variety has also expanded, and today, alongside the regular beers, we are back to producing more and more new and exciting beers in limited editions. So they are an active brewery. I have had their new stuff in the recent years, and it's good. Um, and here are some of the beers that, I, that I've really enjoyed. Um, my favorite beer of theirs was one that was called the Bera Doctor, American Pale Ale. I gave that a five-cap rating. Uh, a pale ale that just really knocked my socks off. I really enjoyed that beer. Another beer I really enjoyed was the uh, Berao, American Brown Ale, a four and a half cap rating for that. The Oquette's Ordinary Bitter, like an English Bitter, a four and a half mm-hmm. cap for that. Who makes bitter beers, right? And uh, Like an Ordinary Bitter, that, that's a really good beer. Uh, another beer I really enjoyed, the Paradox Black IPA, a four cap rating. And the Blackouts Irish Stout, I, I really enjoyed it as well, as a four cap rating. And I've had a total of, like I said, 15 beers. Um, so... Um I look forward to every time uh, my buddy Alex comes back he he knows that I that I'm a fan of Haldabim and he brings back a Haldabim beer almost every time he comes back which I really appreciate uh, as well. So those are my two favorite H breweries, one in the states and one in Israel. Okay, Chris. We're done with our brew buzz let's go ahead and talk about our new and noteworthy beer. So what was new and noteworthy you want to talk about this week?
1: So it's been a, uh, I guess a heavy couple of weeks with corporate ladder. Um, Cause it, we went down there to uh, go visit a food truck. A good friend of mine opened up down here. So we're not only we're we getting some great beer, but we're also uh, helping support the food truck a little bit too. So the first beer I want to talk about is uh the, Corporate Ladders Gin Barrel Aged Singapore Sling. No. What the hell's a Singapore yeah, sling? It must be a, drink, a gin drink. Unless, it is It is a drink. Um, and I've never had it before in my life. And it was just one of those beers I was like, oh, well, um, if Blake and his team made it, then it's going to be delicious. So let's let's just order it. Um, but this was a gin barrel-aged Imperial Sour. Conditioned on cherries, pineapple, lime, orange, uh, and bitters. And just like everything else that they've, they've put out these fruited sours, these, they're, they're tiki, uh, mm-hmm. themed fruited sours, man. It's just, <laughs> damn it, they're good. Damn. They're good. Um, and it was a, I gave it a five cap rating. Mm. It was one of those beers where, where, where you take a sip of it and you go, holy crap like this (laughs) every time every time there's one of these you know tiki uh themed kind of drinks every time we drink it we're just just we're blown away Mm. um and and the the drink if you actually order the drink um it looks like it has gin uh i'm not sure what benedictine is
0: (laughs) it sounds dangerous
1: uh grammarnier, cherry liqueur, pineapple juice, lime juice, Angostura bitters, and then club soda and garnished with orange and cherry. So um it was just an all-around great beer. And I love the fact that they that they're putting these kind of beers out uh because well, it introduces you to different beers and drinks that you never even really knew existed. Yeah. But uh five five cap rating for that one. Um from Rheingeist Brewery, their rye barrel aged ink. Now, uh, ink is, or their barrel aged ink series. This is I've checked into a couple of their beers. They uh, they put a, a couple of the same beer aged it in different barrels. I think we've done a whiskey. I've had the whiskey barrel, the bourbon barrel, now the rye, uh, the rye barrel. Four point two five caps for this beer. It was great. It was a um, nice and chocolatey, but you also got some of the spiciness from the rye. Mm. And it was, it was one of those beers where I, I poured it in a glass. It got better as it warmed up and just sitting, we're watching, I don't know, we're watching a movie or TV or whatever, and just enjoying it as the show or the movies going on and just every sip, it's better and better and better. So, um, from Rheingeist out of Cincinnati, Ohio, their rye barrel aged ink, uh, 4.25 caps. I think I have one more of those <laughs> in my beer cooler. Um, My Oktoberfest, Denny, um, from Berry House Beer Company right here in Tampa, Florida. Simple Oktoberfest. Mm. And it is, is that time. Because like, well, we're I mean, still hot as all get out here. So not really like we're <laughs> not really like, oh, it's the, not cooling the leaves down. are going to start changing. Yeah, the yeah, leaves it aren't it was, changing. It's not know, cooling down. 93 today. Um, you know, nothing crazy, just another day in Florida for us. But um there I, I love when we start getting into the season. I love the Oktoberfest beers, the when you get some Martins and like you said earlier in the show, we're leaning more on these malt forward beers and not relying mm. so much on the hops. Um and I love I love you know getting into the Oktoberfest kind of season because I've I was at corporate ladder the other day and i think i had i had a hellas lager i had a dunkel i had i i had their octoberfest like it was i was going for all the german stuff mm. it was kind of nice um so four cap rating for that Oktoberfest from berry house beer company and the last one which i'm very excited to read just because i talk about these guys a lot not dade city brewing <laughs> but Gasparilla. But Gasparilla Pizzeria and Growlers. Now, Dade City Brewing, uh, about an hour north of Mm. us here in Tampa, um, they collaborated with the folks over at Gasparilla Pizzeria and Growlers and put out a beer called Ideal Ratios. Mm. Now, Ideal Ratios, guys, if you're hearing this and I screw it up, I'm sorry. uh, (laughs) Hazy IPA?
0: (laughs) I think it is supposed to be a hazy. Isn't that what... uh... Uh, What Connor said, it was supposed to be a hazy IPA.
1: I'm I'm hoping (laughs) that I still remembered and (laughs) I didn't screw anything up because I'll get shit for it later. Yes, New England hazy IPA. Mm. Um, And I love it because the the information, if you look it up on Untapped, all it says in the uh, description, hazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's hazy. (laughs) Cool. Nice job, guys, uh, on the description. Now, as a person who sucks at doing descriptions because I hate the detail work mm-hmm. of everything. Um, I'll give you a little bit of leeway on this one. I uh, actually made notes on this check-in uh, of four cap. I'm sorry. Yeah. Four cap rating for this beer. There were a lot of great West coast IPA characteristics in this beer.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> it's a great all around IPA, right? And it was one of those beers where you, where you drink it, you get some citrus notes to it and then the citrus turns into the almost like the rind of the orange that you might be tasting. And then it goes piney and resinous, at least from my perspective anyway. Um, And it really just turned into an all around fantastic beer. And I'm really excited to see um, other beers that they put out. And I, I was also talking to chance over at Gasparilla the other day. He said, yeah, we got a couple of kegs and we went through two or three kegs just in the weekend." Oh, wow. Nice. I mean, they, they kicked keg after keg after keg of it. And I was really excited because I went over there and I was like, I just want to get a can of it because, well, you know, I want to add to the can of the, the label wall. And I said, do you have any cans I can buy? And he goes, no, <laughs> sadly. He goes, if you go up to the brewery, you can get some. And I went. I just, I want the label off of it. That's all I want. I like, I was, I was drinking the beer, but all I want is the label off of it to throw it on my wall. And he goes, "Hang on a second. And he comes back and he brings me an empty can. And I was like, "That's, that's why I got it. <laughs> they, uh, they take great care of me over there." Um, so ideal ratios from Dade City Brewing and the collaboration with Gasparilla Pizzeria and Growlers. Gave that a four-cap rating, Denny. And those are my new and noteworthy beers. Okay, Let's hear about your new and noteworthy beers.
0: Okay. Only only a couple. or f- I have three. I have three. First. Listen, it's I, it's weird. I had more than you I know. You I know. Time. I drank lots of beer. I just didn't drink new beers. That's the problem. Or ones that I did drink new that were worthy of discussing. But I will talk about this worthy beer from Jim Dandy Brewing, the Dandy Fuzz Imperial New England IPA. And what I said about this, wow, this beer smells delicious and could even tempt a teetotaler to partake. Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, it was that good. Even someone that doesn't want to drink will drink this beer. Uh, It doesn't disappoint either once you take that first sip. Candy citrus with lime finish, soft and creamy mouthfeel that hides the over 8% ABV so well. So good, I drank two pints back-to-back.
1: Oh, Megan said greetings from Vegas.
0: Hi. Hi. Hi, Megan. Uh, I give this a five-cap rating. This beer was so good, and if they would have had this in cans or even a crowler, I would have got it for you, Chris, but it was not being canned. I think it was. That's a, that's the problem good. is is this beer was released right after my last visit a month ago, over a month ago with Haley. And I think they probably had cans when they first did it, but once they run out, then that, then everything's on draft. So you would have loved this beer. Sorry, I couldn't give it to you. Listen, I,
1: I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm. I was trying to figure out how, um, how I'm going to get beer back from Vegas because mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to land at like five something uh, on Friday. And funny enough, yesterday or the day before, Corey's the Mm -hmm. uh, Corey's Wine and Beer, the place I always visit when I go into Vegas. They took a picture on their social media and posted all their Fremont stuff, oh, all their all their B bombs and all their rusty nails, and I and I went, oh my god, I I I, all I have is a six bottle (laughs) shipper
0: here. You you better bring two. Oh, you only have one left. You you have one six.
1: I have a six bottle shipper um, and I don't know last week or the week before I'm going, you should really buy a 12 bottle <laughs> shipper, get it dropped off at the house. And then you can take that one I, unless I can get it here super fast. I don't think yeah, it's going like, to yeah, so. it happen. So I'll take my six bottle okay. one. And you got to be, pick, um, you
0: gotta be choosy. You got to pick the right ones.
1: I don't. No, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. Not only am I going to be there, Megan will be there. Tina will be there. Manny will be there, and our trainer Amanda will be there. Oh yeah, and uh, one of our quasi employees, Drew, which is you know Amanda's <laughs> boyfriend. I got six people who I can stuff, sh- shove stuff in their suitcase okay. if I buy too much. Okay, so, okay, that's
0: good. That's good. All right, I can't we'll wait. Figure it out. I can't wait to see your stash when you get back home. that
1: <sighs> listen. I, I I told Megan. I said I'm probably just gonna Uber from the <laughs> airport to Corey's pick up what I want, and then I'll come back. Yeah, yeah, nice. Oh, and, and hi, Amanda. She said hi,
0: too. Okay. Hi, Amanda. Uh-huh. All right. My second beer is one of the beers that I mentioned in the last episode that our, our buddy Kirk Tabor provided to me. Um, this was uh, – it's called – it's from Destruce Brewers. Uh, it's a Belgian brewery. It's called Cuvie Delphine. And the uh, age of this one is 2018. And uh, I drank this beer and I really enjoyed it. Uh, What I said is big thanks to Kirk for the Belgian beauty. This time drinking a beer from the brewery and our first time drinking a beer from this brewery and a nicely aged 2018 vintage. This has so many rich and complex flavors. The barrel spirits add a great aroma as well. Super smooth, very enjoyable treat four and a half cap rating for that and my last beer is uh another I, I mentioned i i really enjoyed the sockeye brewing single hop uh sabro <laughs> i totally drew a blank <laughs> the single hop sabro pale ale i drank i i, I must have dr- drank at least three or four or six packs of that beer when it was available well that was no longer available They released their next version, which is, again, Sockeye Brewing here locally in Boise, Idaho. Uh, Their Single Hop Hazy Pale Ale, which is the Simcoe uh, variety. And I forgot to put that in here. Uh, When I – Pale Ale Simcoe. I'm going to write this down so I don't forget to add that to the name. Yeah, don't forget it. Simcoe. And uh, what I said about this beer – uh, nice citrus aroma, citrus and piney flavors, dry with only a mild bitterness. This beer is easy drinking and one that's going to, that I'm going to enjoy many six-packs until the next version comes out. Four and a half cap rating. So, um, yeah, this beer, fantastic. Uh, another one that I'm going to be partaking in a lot of six-packs um, because it's just so damn good. And those are my new and noteworthy.
1: Well, it was like you said the other day when we were texting. You're just uh, you're just happy to get repeat, I guess, repeat offenders. Yeah, on the beers that you're you're getting
0: locally. Uh, so, yeah, so you mentioned that, Chris. Um, this year, I mean, last I mean, last couple of years, I've been focusing more on enjoying the good beers that I have available to me, then trying to search Mm -hmm. out and find every new beer because those new beers, you may find a a great beer uh, and that great beer may only be available that one time. You may not brew it again, but you end up missing out on enjoying the really good beers that you have available to you all the time uh, locally. So this year, especially man, I have been drinking so many local beers or even beers in the regional area that I get in in town uh mm-hmm. showing support for those breweries showing that hey keep producing this beer that is really good and I really enjoy it if I don't buy the beer it's it's not going to get recognized and they're going to stop sending it here right so I've been buying or I mean the local ones are not going to stop sending but I still want to support local and I want to support the other breweries that that you know Georgetown and and Rubens mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, Boneyard, which is just shoots as well and just shoots. Uh, I just been drinking a lot of the beers I really enjoy, uh, and just like today, right? I, I'm drinking this uh, summer honey from Big Sky Brewing, and why why am I drinking it? Because I love when this beer comes out during summertime and and gives you that nice uh, blonde. Uh, you know, blonde ale with a little bit of honey, you know, character mm-hmm. to it. Um, I love it. And why not show support for these breweries that are producing great beers and bring it to my area? If I don't support them, they won't keep bringing them. And so, yeah, I, I, I drink a lot of beer that I just enjoy. And as I mentioned in the last episode as well, uh, beer prices are going up. You know, you go you go to the the breweries now and you're uh, in, in our area which used to be five dollar pints you know now yeah. it's seven dollar pints <clears throat> and that's a lot of money for one beer when i can go to the store and buy a six pack for eight ninety nine to ten dollars uh you know i i love to support the brewery with but i just i can't drink i i need to be you know i need to take care of my wallet too so i'll support them through the grocery stores they don't make as much but I'm drinking their beer, enjoying it, and uh, and still supporting them a little bit.
1: Listen, I was I. Uh, you brought up Big Sky. I've been waiting to go and uh, get some moostrol.
0: Yeah, I have some moostrol in my fridge too. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that in a, in a minute when we get to our to our toast. But mm-hmm. before I get to my toast, Chris, hey, it's time to close this show out. We are going on close to two hours, an hour and forty five minutes already. Uh, I, it's gonna be a long show, but Hey, before we close this thing out, go ahead and raise a glass to someone you'd like to raise a glass to tonight.
1: So I would love to raise a glass to miss Kristen Reem over at Trek brewing. Happy birthday, Kristen. Cheers, uh, Kristen. I hope you guys are having an awesome day today. Um, and drinking lots so of truck. <laughs> well, that would be expected. Um, so happy birthday to you again. I hope you guys are having an awesome day and, uh, Denny, who would you like to raise a
0: glass to? First off, I raise my glass to our Patreon toast of the night, to Kevin and Amanda Argauer. Thank you for your patronage. Secondly, I'm raising my glass to Dave Zalatoris from Beer in Front Podcast. He is going to hold the first inaugural Beer in Front Beer Awards for 2022. And it's going to be two awards, one for macro beers and one for craft beers, Macro beers will be like the, there's a list of 20 beers or so. And, uh, you know, he's gonna, he's, he's going out to the community. He's promoting independent podcasters and people who love craft beer to join in and judge beers, give their ratings. It'll be tallied up at the end and we will announce the best macro beer, which I'm not going to participate in the macro. I might drink a couple of the macros, but, I just don't like the macro beers, but I will participate yeah, yeah. in the in the craft beer selections, which are over 21 years old. So the beers have to be like classic older craft beers that are at least 21 years or older. Uh, and there's a number of like, there's probably half of the one, well, I'm at half, maybe a third of the beers on the list that I can actually get in my area. And I'm going to participate in that, um, promoting Tap to Craft podcast. And hopefully, um, you know, I can have, we can have Dave on our show and maybe I can join him in his show and talk about. Uh, about Boise craft beer as well. But but cheers to you, Dave, for going out there and starting this uh, uh, this Beer Awards. The Beer Awards will be, um, we have to have our stuff in bef- by December 1st, all of our voting uh, for these beers. And then uh, he will announce the winners in December 16th. So we've got a few months away, but uh, just to cheers to Dave for thinking about such a great idea that I didn't think of. And even if I would have thought of it, I probably couldn't get anyone to join us anyway. (laughs) That's the problem. No one wants to join in. And I'm I'm glad to see there's a lot of people that are joining in to help him with his uh, beer awards. And of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms on this Labor Day especially. Uh, Thank you for your service. And please, I hope you're able to return home safely to your families very soon. And Chris... Why don't you give a toast out to our sponsor?
1: All right. Well, I would love it to raise a glass to our sponsor, Frost Buddy, where they're specializing in cooling containers for your beverage of choice. Frost Buddy has the Universal Buddy 2.0, which uh, which Denny talked about. Hey, leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform yeah. and take a screenshot of it and send it to us. You can win yourself one of these. You can win one. Right? Yeah, a green one. Um, it. You got a green one, and <laughs> I've got a blue one, and this one, the American flag. We can have all kinds of fun uh, fun styles on it. Uh, so the Universal Buddy 2.0, which is the world's first universal can cooler for 12-ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, and even 16-ounce cans. Frost Buddy also has the world's first universal wine cooler, 24-ounce stainless steel mugs, and even stainless steel dog bowls. Go visit their website at frostbuddy.com.
0: And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at TapToCraft.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you?
1: So you can never find me on Twitter. Uh, never get to <laughs> uh, Never find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. Or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. But... You can definitely always find us on everything social at Tap the Craft.
0: All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And as a reminder, we use a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.